Hello, welcome to the Kaleidoscope, your portal to possibilities and soul-satisfying solutions. Get ready to embark on an inspired journey in a quest for a whole new perspective. I'm your host, Ashley Bernard, introducing people to the beautiful gems that they are. Every story, voice, and person are all a part of a masterpiece. In all our brokenness and colors, we are truly meant to reflect each other. So I'll be mixing and merging your creative thinking and intuition as we peek into ideas, philosophies, and mysteries that expose the perfect truth about you. So let's open our minds. It's time for the Kaleidoscope. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have you guys here today. So this morning, I would like to talk about, well, you know, another one of my favorite things in the whole world, my kids, technically not my kids, but you know, really our kids, you know, um, I think that there isn't enough emphasis um, placed upon the responsibility of being a parent and, and not just the responsibility, but the privilege, you know, because we're really like molding and shaping and, 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 you know, fusing these children with every single element that they need to become successful, productive adults. You know, and I tell my kids a lot, um, I am not here to just give you a, a cushiony, wonderful, joyful life. That's just not the way that things are. You know, mommy's job is to do the things that's necessary to instill with you um, the characteristics and the attributes that it's going to take for you to become a spiritual, loving, compassionate, productive, and, you know, and world changing adult. And that's what I really want for my kids. You know, um, I don't think that any of us, any of us have childhoods that we don't have to recover from to some degree. I mean, to some degree, we all have to recover from something. And, you know, um, and let me start off by saying that I am in no way a perfect parent. Absolutely not. You know, um, I parent very radically because I can and because I just have so much focused attention on exactly what their experience is. So, um, you know, and, and nobody's ever going to be a perfect parent, you know, we're all going to feel as though we're failing at what we're doing and, um, you know, and feel the inadequacies when our children receive failures or, you know, rejection and so on and so forth, or, or we see them struggling with their own self-esteem, you know? Um, and it's so hard for us because we exactly know how they feel, except for the fact that we can't get them to understand that we do understand, you know, because one of my daughter's favorite things to say to me is things were so much different back in the day, mom. What? Back in what day? I'm 33, but I get it. I get it. You could not. My dad could not tell me nothing, nothing. You know, it's like the older we get, the less we know. So, um, one of the things that I want to put an emphasis on first is loving your child, no matter what your kid does, just loving them anyways. You know, um, I know that sounds so much easier said than done, but there is so much power to be had in loving your child. You know, it's like the saying, um, you know, change the way that you respond to the world 
and the world will change the way that it responds to you. And I think that that's really true for parenting as well, because whenever you really begin to dive in and, and change the reactions that you have to your children and um, change the way that you interact with them, they, number one, all of a sudden perk up and listen. And number two, they get endowed with this sense of empowerment that's just so beautiful and it just illuminates from them from the inside out, you know. And another thing is, is kids do not do what we tell them to do, period. I mean, think about it. Did you do what you were told to do? No, I didn't. That's for sure. Um, but we do, you know, kids do what, what they see us doing. And I honestly think that, you know, us as parents don't even stop enough to realize um, just how they view us, you know, and, and this goes right back to um, the heart of my message in, in general about what an amazing, you know, spiritual being and creature that you really are. Because when you think about it, children, you know, they, they look at, we look at our parents, like our superheroes, like, oh my gosh, that's my dad. I can't believe it. Or, oh my gosh, my mom, I just love her. She's so pretty. I can talk to her about anything or, or whatever, you know, and they have these, they have these beautiful, um, beautiful lenses that they look at the world through. And if you could just imagine at exactly what they look at you like, you know, and, and so whenever, you know, you're, um, in the presence of your children being very aware of, of what it is that you're doing, um, what it is that you're exposing them to within your own behaviors or character defects, um, you know, is so important because they just want to be like us, you know, they want nothing more than to be like their superhero or, um, to be like the person who no one can see, but them, you know? And so, um, you know, uh, I think that we really need to truly take a moment to sit and recognize exactly the, the esoteric manner in, in which, you know, these perceptions are created. And in my opinion, kids are like the smartest because listen, I get older and realize how much I don't know, but kids are so much closer to where we came from. You know, they're so open and perceptive and, and, and it just the joy of, of their laughter and, and just the complete simplicity of their, of, of their desire to just find joy in everything is so completely profound, you know, and if you really stop and think about it, our children are like these little spiritual gangsters, you know, at least I believe that about mine anyways. Um, another thing is, um, is keeping a schedule. And, um, I've never really been great at this because, uh, because that's just who I am as an adult. I mean, I'm an undisciplined person. I'm learning disciplines now in my life because of all the hardships that I've been through. Um, so now I'm developing and, you know, um, enhancing my disciplines. Um, but providing a regular schedule for the kids, um, is so important because number one, it gives them a sense of stability. Um, number two, they know what to expect. And, and number three, it really allows them to, to get in touch with themselves in a way that, that we only understand as adults, because we know that, you know, um, whenever we fall into a routine and we're able to, you know, uh, know what it is that we need to do to supercharge ourselves for the day or to um, prepare ourselves for the best outcome, 
it is a powerful thing. You know, it really allows us to operate with an intention. Um, and so another one is um, being clear about what you expect your child to do and how to do it. This one has been a challenge for me because me as an adult, I'm like, how do you not get this? Like, it's complete common sense, you know, like take out the trash and then uh, looking over and then seeing trash laying all over the floor. Like what mom? I took out the trash. What? Are you serious? But there's trash on the floor. Oh yeah. But I, well, you told me to take out, I just like it. It, it seems to me like it's such common sense, but the reality is, is that they are in training, you know, and it, and even if you got to explain it to them a thousand times, explaining it to them it is exactly how it's going to be able to be set in. You know, it's just the same as affirmations. It's the repetition that leads to the belief and the belief that leads to the paradigm shift. So um, that one is so important, you know, and, and also whenever you're, whenever you let them know exactly what it is that you expect and how you expect it to be done. Um, it really takes away the ability for them to uh, manipulate and say, uh, I, I had no idea. I had no idea. And then it, it, it literally like clears that line of confusion that could be created and that could cause a conflict that's absolutely unnecessary. Um, you know, um, something else is showing interest in, in what your child is doing or what they're saying. You know, um, I think that so often life is just so busy, you know, we just forget to stop and pay attention, you know, and, and I think that this also, you know, um, can really help us to gain an understanding of our child and their personalities and their likes and dislikes and the inner workings of their mind. Because, you know, um, if we examine our partners, we examine our best friends, we examine, you know, all the people around us. Um, but the person that we examine the least is our children, you know? Um, and it's, it's incredible to think that we live in the same house with these little tiny humans. And, um, some of us don't even know, you know, what, what their favorite toy is, what it is they like to talk about the things that they think about, you know? And I think that that's so important. Um, Another thing is trying to see your child's point of view. I um, I tr I have adopted the mindset of I can learn so much from my children. I can learn so much from my kids, and I think that because number one, um, I am not always right, and I'm totally cool with that. You know, um, I am definitely a parent that allows my ch my children to um, have an opinion and correct to me if they see necessary. You know, um, my, um, my kids can see what I can't, you know, it's like our friends and our accountability partners and, and the people around us, they can always spot the things that I can't see or that I'm refusing to see or that I'm trying to lie to myself about. And, um, and, you know, or, or the things that conflict with who I say I want to be. Um, I was at Walmart one time with my kids and I was being super rude. Listen, honestly. And there was a gentleman like doing a pickup order, I suppose. And his cart was like in the middle of the aisle and we were in a hurry and I was trying to get out of here and I had all three of my kids. And I was like, excuse me, can you please move? Uh, come on. And the kids are like, mom, don't talk to him like that. That's so weird. I'm like, uh, listen, I don't even care. Okay. He works here. Listen, as soon as this gentleman moved his cart, he had a broken leg. 
And of course I just rushed past him because my pride was really hurt at that point in time. And then I felt bad at the same time and in shame and so on and so forth, but you know, covered up. Right. So I get to the next aisle over and my kids are like, mom, you are going to go back right now and tell him that you're sorry. Go tell him that you love him because you are not going to be this kind of person. And I did. And I did. Um, and, you know, and my apology was, I, I want to apologize to you for the way that I behaved. My children um, are trying to help me become a better person. And I think that there's so much power in that, you know, because the relationship that I share with them is so open um, that, you know, I, I allow them to be able to feel as though they are validated through my acceptance of their truth, you know, um, you know, and, and, and seeing their point of view on things is just something that we do as humans anyway, that we should be doing with anybody that we love, you know, and, and children are not, you know, um, they, they should not be dismissed from this activity because, you know, they, they truly have valid perceptions. They truly have valid viewpoints. And, and, and in order for us to be able to gain the compassion that's absolutely necessary um, to give them in order for them to understand how it operates and, and, and possess it themselves, we have to be able to empathize with them. Um, another thing is um, using stories to make your point. I love to use stories to make my point with my kids. And sometimes it's so hilarious, so hilarious. So this tactic, like not only allows you to better communicate and, and help them understand better what you're trying to say, but it also like forces you to participate in a creative activity. It, it forces you to be able to, um, to operate from a consistent narrative. And, and, it, and it forces you to be able to um, draw lines, you know, uh, inside of significant experiences or examples. Um, and, and these things also teach our children how to do the same thing. You know, um, another thing is, you know, be willing, you know, to review the rules as your child grows. Because, um, you know, it's so important to make the correct accommodations as your kid grows and becomes independent and, and has their own, uh, sense of their own sense of the world. You know, um, you know, my, my kids are 12, 10 and six. And, you know, I tell them all the time, well, she, Jasmine is 12. So she has different responsibilities. She has different privileges. She has different rules and she has different guidelines. Yours are different, you know? Um, and, and we operate within that too, because I think that it's so important to really individualize your child's experience with you, you know, cause I tell my kids all the time, like I, cause they always say, you love him more. You love them more. You know, you do this for Bubby. You do this for, her. and I always tell my kids, listen, I would be completely honest with you guys. Okay. It's a secret. Don't tell anybody, but I love all of you like the same amount, like a hundred percent, except I love Bubby different than I love Mariah. Oh, I know it's crazy. And I love Jasmine different than I love Isaiah and I love Mariah different than I love either one of you and the reason for that is because you are each individuals sweetheart and because mommy gets to have a personal connection with each one of you on a different level therefore our relationship is different so the love that we experience within it is going to be different which is what's so powerful you know and, and allowing kids to really grasp that concept 
really also helps them to create their own sense of exactly what it looks like to have, you know, relationships with people and to be able to balance, you know, the, the intelligent, the relational intelligence that's needed in order to function out here in the world, you know? Another one is setting up like a system where your child can earn like privileges. So we had, um, we had a chore chart at our house and, um, it was a point system. And whenever they did certain specific things, they would get a point and like, then they could go through this little catalog and say, oh my gosh, I want to use 15 points and get, um, a drink from the gas station. I want to use, you know, and a hundred points was going to the movies with mom. Listen, nobody ever got to a hundred points. That's why I put that, you know? Um, but it, it really, um, it's that positive reinforcement, you know, it, it's the same thing as, as trying to, you know, lure out the good behaviors like, Oh, I know they're in there. So let's figure out exactly how we can bait them. You know, um, another thing is expecting your children to help fix or pay for things that are broken. Listen, I love this one. You break it, you buy it, bro. I mean, come on. Mm-mm, mm-mm, you, mm-mm, you got the wrong mama. If you, if you broke it, we are number one, going to fix it together. And number two, you are going to help to, to, to rectify the situation. You know, I think that it really stands to um, uh, allow your children to experience a conflict, to experience an issue and, and to take accountability for it in a, in a safe space with a loving parent who's able to show them exactly what it looks like to engage in this type of a situation you know and i think that that's so discredited these days you know um so uh you know and and another one is being consistent this one is so good and undervalued because like we all need that consistency like i said it's the repetition that creates the belief the belief that creates the paradigm shift but you know um the consistency matters because it it allows you to ingrain routine. It allows you to ingrain within them specific, you know, um, guidelines or, or parameters. And, and it also uh, allows you to establish boundaries and them establish boundaries, you know, because, um, consistency is the way that our brain forms our habits. So if, you know, if like, I know that my mom is going to give in every time I'm totally totally going to keep going until she stops, which drives me crazy. It drives her crazy. It, it show you know, it allows them, um, to exhibit, you know, behavior traits of not respecting their parents. Um, and, and then it allows you to, to operate in a resentment of, I mean, like, come on, you're just like overwhelming me, you know? And I can remember being, um, being like super strung out. And, and when I got sober, I like really, wanted more than anything to make up to my kids exactly, you know, what I felt I had done wrong to them. And so I was so ashamed that I, I like gave them anything they wanted. And I was just like at their beck and call. Listen, I created monsters. Don't do it. And the reason for that is because, um, you know, because I felt as though I had to, um, I had to win them back for some reason, you know? Um, and, and, I have been doing my best to be really consistent with my kids. And actually this week we are like buckling down, doing some really consistent things. Like my kids have no electronics for the next six months. I know, right? Oh my gosh. Can't believe it. 
Yes, six whole months. And that's just because of like chores. You know, I have allowed my children to get into a place where they don't do their chores or clean their room because they know that mommy will eventually do it because I just get tired of saying it to them. And, um, and, and I don't follow through with any of the punishment. So this week has been like week one of like consistency. And it's crazy because number one, I'm so tired. Like it takes so much energy to, did you turn your light off? Oh, nope, you didn't. I'm taking your light bulb, you know, um, because it, cause it, it's a constant thing. You know, it, it, you would feel as though within a couple hours of the first or second time that it happens, they would, they would grasp that and, and, you know, and change their habits. But it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Like I talked about in my one video or the one podcast, it doesn't take 21 days to build a habit. You know, everybody's different. Everybody learns differently. You know, it, it takes the average person 66 days up to 80. So, I mean, that that's incredible, you know, and, uh, and, and having this consistent type of a, a, a dynamic going on with them is, is exhausting. However, I do know that just like any other form of discipline, once you get, once you have it established, it becomes your freedom. And that's what I want, you know, cause I'm just, I want, want my home to be my safe place, you know, where I don't have to worry about picking up after um, people who are being disrespectful of the provided things for them, you know? And, and so I think that that's so important. It allows us to, um, to stand in, in our own self-respect and, um, and, demands respect in a way because nobody respects a parent that says they're going to do something and doesn't do it, you know? Um, and that's actually what perpetuates the, the continuous flow of, of, um, character traits that we're seeing in kids today. Um, you know, the, the lack of respect, the, um, the lies and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, another thing is that when your child is having a difficult time or a day, um, allowing them to take like a timeout break and, and speaking with them about that. You know, um, I love my one-on-one -on -one talks with my kids because in my one-on-one -on -one talks, you know, they, they really are able to just say whatever and, um, and get it off of their chest. And then, and then I also get to like walk them through, um, the process of breaking it down, um, and, and truly identifying what the, the root of the issue is so that the issue itself can, um, either be rectified or so that they can accept it, you know? Um, and, and I think that it's so important to just allow kids to express themselves, you know, and, and not try to censor, um, what it is that we think that they should be saying, you know, cause I have no idea what they should be saying. I have no clue. I don't, I'm not in their reality. I don't understand. Um, and so I want them to be able to fully express themselves, um, because we all should have that right, you know, um, however, you know, within the guidelines of, of respect and consideration for others. Um, and, and also, you know, tell your child specifically what behavior that you're disappointed with. So for like example, um, you know, just saying, you know, I'm just upset because you're being, because you're being rude, you're being disrespectful to mommy and you need to go to your room. Um, but that doesn't like clarify exactly what they did because, you know, you have to stop and think about it. They, um, don't see the things that we see, you know, they're only seen from their own perception. So because of this, they're like, well, what did I do? You know, and nine times out of 10, in my own experience, I analyze behaviors that 
weren't even a part of the problem. You know, so like my daughter is in seventh grade. She got suspended from school. And listen, when she got suspended from school, I was like, oh my gosh, because she's not been in trouble in school really ever. And so she got suspended from school for taking a vape to school and smoking a vape in school. And when I picked her up, um, she came outside and she got in the car and she said, mommy, are you, you hate me, don't you? And I, I said, no, baby, I don't hate you. Are you mad at me? I said, no, I'm not mad at you at all. Mommy just, you know, um, really wants to know why you would do something like that. And she said, because I just wanted to like be like the other kids. They all have one too. And, um, and then we got to dive into this concept of, well, sweetheart, why, why do you feel the need to be like those other kids? You know, cause if you're seeking acceptance from them, babe, then, um, then that tells us that you're lacking, um, love and acceptance, um, and, and validation for yourself. And, you know, so in this situation, the only thing that mommy's really disappointed in is the fact that you aren't able to validate yourself and you're seeking it so radically from outside sources, you know, but something that I, I know that you can do is begin to do the things that are necessary for you to rectify this situation and, and learn more about yourself from it, you know, and, um, there's so much power in, in using any type of a, a negative with your children and, um, and spinning it in a, a way that it adds a positive, that it creates or it allows room for the formation of something positive that is growth oriented, you know, um, because if we are constantly looking at things like that, what happens is they begin to use the same tactics and strategies that we use. So therefore it, it gives them like a leg up and a, and a great, you know, um, example of, of exactly how, you know, to properly handle a situation that may be deemed negative, you know, cause I mean, what is negative and positive really? You know, I, I know throughout my own life that the things that I would perceive or other people would perceive as negative have been like the biggest, most amazing blessings I've ever had, you know, um, because I just don't know nothing really, you know, that's all that I really know. But, you know, this strategy really helps you to, you know, remain calm and, and be in control of the situation. Um, you know, it gives you the opportunity to sit down and review the rules and, and why you have them and, you know, and exactly what expectations are, you know, and, and then you can discuss if the rules need adjusted, you know, and then and dis discussing, you know, exactly why it's necessary for them to not break the rules or ignore them, you know? Um, and like one that I am having so much issues with right now is sibling rivalry because see I grew up in a house with just my brother and my brother was super crazy and so was I um and so and we just we only had each other really so we drove each other nuts and um you know like we beat up on each other we did horrible things to each other and um you know but but I think that you know whenever we think about sibling rivalry we don't really look at it from the perspective of 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 them. We look at it through our own perspective of, oh my gosh, why are you guys doing this? You're arguing so much and it's aggravating me. And it's, you know, it, I just don't want to hear it anymore. You guys need to be nice to each other. Can't I teach you guys to be nice? You're only going to have each other. Stop doing that. You know, but the, the thing is, is that if siblings are fighting, you know, um, 
be calm and, and determine, you know, if anyone's hurt, number one, and, and number two, if there's anything dangerous happening, you know, because fights often occur over, per, over personal things. So therefore it's really important to make sure you have a clear set understanding of what in, in the house and, and to each individual is personal or to be shared, you know, and, and also, um, a lot of civil or sibling rivalry happens because we compare our children to one another, you know, so therefore they feel this sense of inadequacy and, um, and are trying to measure up in a way. And, and that resentment comes out in the form of, you know, um, of, of toxicity towards their sibling, you know, um, and each kid is just individual. There's just no comparison. There's no comparison for any of us. You know, it's just not, it's not even possible, you know, um, and, and give, you know, giving each kid the, the chance to have your attention individually really helps with that as well, too, because because it, it allows room for them to feel special to you. It allows room for them to feel as though they don't have to battle for um, for that that given time, you know, um, you know, and asking them to, to come up with ideas about how how they could, you know, better handle each other, you know, how they could rectify the situation, how they could get along better, you know, how they could find a solution inside of this problem, you know, because if we're the only ones giving them ideas, how are we really teaching our our children how to be solution focused in in a conflict situation? You know, um, everyone in the household, you know, needs to be treated with respect and, and should feel safe. So therefore, it's so important to make sure that we're instilling in our kids the critical thinking that's absolutely necessary for them to not only understand this, but for them to to be able to possess the ability to overcome it, you know, because um, several sibling rivalry is just one of the ways that kids learn how to deal with conflict. You know, if possible, just let them work it out, too, on their own. You know, I tell my kids sometimes, listen don't tell anyone. I tell my kids, Hey, if you guys, um, if you guys could fight or like, you know, try to kill each other quietly, you guys would get in less trouble. I'm just saying like, it's just a suggestion. I'm just saying you would get in less trouble though, you know? Um, and that's the truth because they just need to work it out themselves. There are times where they just really need, need to, um, to just have that interaction. And so another thing is whining. Listen, I'm a whiner. I am such a whiner. Like, I really am. Ask anyone that knows me. And it's so annoying. I know it is because my kids do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't stand it. Please stop. And and the reason that it's so annoying is because no, because when you're whining, you feel like no one's listening to you. And because you're whining, no one's listening to you. Okay. So when my kids, you know, when they start to whine, um, sometimes I do say, okay, you can just go to your room until you're done. Um, cause I'm not going to do it, but there are other times where I get to do this like really neat trick that I love so much because it completely just jars them. Um, I just go up and I hug them and I say, Oh honey, mommy understands exactly how you're feeling right now. And I'm so sorry, you know, um, but mommy doesn't, um, want to seek a solution or to help you overcome this whenever you're acting like that because it makes mommy not like to be around you and 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 explaining in a very detailed way exactly why it's not okay to whine validating their emotions and and then 
telling them there's a different way to find the solution to this problem that you have that you're whining about. So let's figure out how we can respond to it in a way that makes room for the solution. And um, I have also found um, a useful tactic in my parenting, um, catching them being good. So like I... I tell them all the time, like, you know, mommy's always watching and you never know who's going to get a super special reward for being good. So that's why it's important to be good anyways, you know, um, because when you tell your children what you like about their behavior and you praise and encourage them, you know, it really helps them to understand what you do expect. And I know that sounds like such a broad concept, but not only that, like, you know, I absolutely love it when someone's like, oh my gosh, that's so good. That's so wonderful. Whenever I get that praise and that encouragement, I want to do more. I want to do more. Oh my gosh, that felt so good. I want to do some more. You know, and so it's the same dynamic with children as well. You know, catching them being good or, um, or, or just making sure to point out their good behaviors, you know, to them and in front of other people and, you know, and speaking those things out loud is super important. Um, you know, another thing is, so when a child reaches about 18 months old, they stop really identifying as a part of their mother and become a complete I. So everything that is, you know, um, directed towards the I becomes, you know, a part of uh, their identity. So I, um, you know, he is such a good boy. He's such a good, oh, he's so quiet. Or he is such a bad kid. He is so mouthy. He is such a, I mean, what we're going to do is adapt to exactly what it is. You know, um, I personally know that that's absolute fact because after we're told something for so long, we begin to believe it. And not just do we believe it, but we begin to allow ourselves to let it form as a core belief so that we can project it into our realities and experience it over and over and over and over and, and, and find validation for it all throughout our life, which is torturous. Like, I mean, why, why, you know what I mean? Something that I love to do to my kids is I, um, I like to go in at night whenever they're sleeping and I kiss them, but I always like whisper in their ear because when you're sleeping is when your mind, when, when your subconscious mind is most active and it's most prone to suggestive, you know, subjective, suggestive planting. So, you know, I kiss them and I'm like, you're so smart. You're so beautiful. You're so lucky. You're so kind. You're so smart. You're so beautiful. You're so lucky. You're so kind. And, and I do that, um, because I, I know. I know that these are attributes that they possess. And I know that as long as they believe this about themselves, this is what they transform into, you know, and, and, and also when, you know, when they listen to meditation, whenever they sleep at night, they go on kids' meditation adventures. And it's so powerful, you know, to, um, to watch them, um, gain insight and perspective and, and enlightenment through just these simple meditations that essentially just put them to sleep. Cause I mean, they're sleeping like that. I promise you. So if you do have problems with your kids and putting them to sleep, I'm telling you, turn on a meditation adventure, tell them, listen, just, just for five minutes, try it and do follow their directions. I promise they're out in three. It's wonderful. And um, something that I think um, it, it's a term that we really only actually hear in the dynamics of, of adult relationships. Um, and I think that it's crazy because it is so relevant to parenting our children. And that is gaslighting. Gaslighting. Listen, 
And listen, the reality is, is that we have all been gaslighters, period. You know, um, we, the nature of human condition is to compare, is to say, well, that wouldn't have hurt me, or that's not how I would have seen it, or I didn't feel that way about it. Well, okay, but what does that have to do with my reality? Nothing at all. You know, but that's just the nature of the ego is, don't you know? Don't you know that that's how I feel it and that therefore it should be universal, but that's not, that's not true. So um, one example is um, ignoring the child's subjective experience. And what that means is, is it is if a parent is denying their child's lived experience. So an individual may describe an experience from, from past where they felt socially isolated by friends or scared of a parent's reaction and, and the parent's response is denial of the event. No, it did not happen that way. Or, you know, um, uh, or, you, you know, feeling as though, you know, because even if the parent remembers the moment differently, you know, this type of gaslighting, it creates an invalidation of the child's feelings, you know, which, which is harmful because you may not have felt that way, but, but they did, you know, and, and apparently a parent, it, that is consistently questioning their child's reality, you know, is, is a sign of gaslighting. No, that didn't happen. Oh, they always tell lies. No, this, you know, th those types of things are, are indication of gaslighting. And also another one is when the, the parent plays the victim role, you know, playing the victim is a common tendency of all of us. I, you know, it's not just for narcissists and psychopaths. It's for all of us, you know, because we, we all tend to play that role at some point in time, you know. Um, but what I mean by that is that when parents refuse to own their role in the problem and act as if they're the, always the one who is being wronged, you know, um, whenever we, you know, our children are like, well, yeah, but mom, you did this. And no, 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 no. I am the parent. I am the, I am the parent. You do what I say, not as I do, or, you know, you, you refuse to uh, take accountability um, for your role. You know, um, so many times I really, I've had to come face to face with the humility of apologizing to my kids for being an asshole or for being wrong. You know, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I overreacted and, and that's mommy's fault, you know. Um, and, and there have also been times where I'm like, no, uh-uh, mm -mm, no, it's not, it's not me, it's not me. Um, and, and that's just the nature of human condition, you know. Um, and another form of gaslighting is whenever a kid, whenever a parent makes their child feel worse about themselves, you know, um, number one, we live in a world that is completely full of criticism, complete, I mean, inside of our head, inside of our outside world, it's just criticism everywhere that you go. So if you, you know, um, lifting one another up is so important, you know, because that that is that's what empowers people and the truth is is that's why it's so important for you to understand exactly who and what you are because once you begin to truly love yourself and once you begin to adopt that sense of of um of purpose and 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 self-acceptance um then it becomes easier to not to not impose those types of things onto other people you know you know, but sometimes, you know, rather than being emotionally supportive as parents, you know, we make our children feel worse or for whatever difficult situation that they're in, you know, um, whether it was a mistake or a failure or just a day to day stressor, you know, um, you know, th those types of things are, are, 
are you know molding our children and and the crazy thing is is those are the very experiences that they hold on to the most you know um so another another way that you know parents can gaslight their kids is by being overly controlling you know when you know when when a parent's using an authority authoritarian style of parenting um and evaluates their kid through the lens of obedience in other words controlling exactly what their kids should act like what they should like or dislike what they should value what they should believe you know and, and what they should think you know this creates a child who is completely indecisive um or is challenged by understanding their own feelings and opinions and and wants or needs because because they're constantly trying to conform to something that is inorganic to them you know they're constantly trying to begin to uh to, to adapt to what it is that's going to win them this acceptance of you. And, and so it, it causes so much confusion in that, oh my gosh, I know you felt it, that the tug of war that happens within you, you know, and uh, another thing, you know, I, I, I know when I was a kid, my dad was a pot smoker and I remember being a kid, I'm like, and listen, I knew what he was doing. I knew, you know, but I always wanted him to talk to me about stuff. I always wanted him to just tell me the truth. And I would say, Daddy, why is it the only time that you come in my room and give me a kiss goodnight and tell me and call me your princess is when your eyes are really red and you smell really bad? And um, I would say, you know, what is, or what are you doing? And he would say, oh, honey, it's nothing. It's nothing. Dad has an eye infection. And in that moment, see, what happens is, I, you know, we are, we are forced to choose one of two things to choose, um, to believe ourselves, even though we know that we're right. Like we know they're lying or we are forced to choose to believe what the person that we love and that says that they love us is saying as reality and, and true. And, and, in that type of a situation what happens is it begins to twist, pervert, and distort the child's ability to trust himself or herself. You know, it, it begins to to plant within them a seed of self-doubt um, and, and belief that they're that they cannot trust what they think or their own instincts, which is not good that is not good at all you know um we want to foster that in in our children and and sometimes it's hard to have hard conversations with kids it is hard because nine times out of ten we just don't want to have to look at our mistakes with our kids but you know i have i'm always parented in a very honest style which not a lot of people are a fan of because i'm very honest with my kids i don't um, you know, I, I don't lie to them about anything. And if they ask me something, I'm, I'm very direct and, uh, you know, and very honest about things because I think it's so important to be able to have that vulnerability with them and, and, and possess that transparency because number one, I feel like it allows room for them to be vulnerable. Number two, it, it validates them in the sense of, Kids know something's going on. They know when something's up. They know when something's happened. And it, and it validates the fact that, that they did experience that and they weren't crazy. And, and number three, it establishes that trust and that open line of dialogue between you and your child. Because, you know, uh, my kids tell me anything and everything and, you know, and, and, 
and they or they ask me anything and everything because they know that I'm going to be honest with them about it, you know, and and so therefore they they trust that what I say is coming from a place um, that I that that is with the best intention to my best knowledge, and 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 as far as I know is the truth, which establishes that that you know structure that, that foundational structure of. Um, of trust that we have to have with anyone, you know, that, that we have interactions with, you know, um, a few other examples are, you know, you know, whenever we put words in our kid's mouth, you're not cold, you're not hungry, stop, you're tired. This clearly, you know, uh, establishes to the child that they are number one, not being heard. Number two, that you're assuming and number three, that you haven't been paying attention at all, you know, and and we don't want to instill that within them. But that's really um, all that I have for that today. You know, I just want you guys to keep in mind, um, you know, and me as well, keep in mind that um, that the relationship that we that we share with our children is so, so powerful and it's so precious. You know, um, we'll never get it back. Number one. Number two. Um, we have the opportunity, you know, we, we, we've been endowed with this privilege and this, this, uh, you know, responsibility to um, create and, and mold these beautiful souls that are going to be raised up as the next generation to take over our planet. And, um, and, and not only that, this is the relationship that, you know, their first relationship that they experience. So, you know, um, where they, they're learning how to set healthy boundaries, how to express themselves, how to, you know, um, not harm other people, how to, um, not be harmed themselves and, and, and to be, um, assertive about their boundaries. And, you know, this is the place where, you know, we, we really have the opportunity to redefine relationships. Because if you think about it, if we could, if we could just change the way that we treat our children and, and we allow our children to treat us, you know, and, and allowing us to learn from our children and having that continuous reciprocity wheel back and forth within that dynamic as well. Could you imagine the kind of children we could be raising up? You know, um, the, because, you know, a, a boy is always looking for a woman that reminds him of his mom. And a girl is always looking for, you know, a, a, a dad that, that sub, subconsciously reminds her of her father, you know, and, and I know that you all can relate to that, you know, um, and, and so, you know, remaining, you know, diligent in, in the act of intentionally parenting, you know, intentionally engaging, you know, intentionally programming. You know, and just one more thing that I want to touch on that I almost forgot about um, is um, speaking to our children ill of other adults in their life. You know, um, that's something that I've never done to my kids. Um, well, I can't say never. I'm totally sure that I've said she's jackass or something like that at some point to my kids, I'm sure. But, you know, but you know, I don't speak ill of their fathers or, um, or, or of other adults in their life, um, that I may have a conflict with, you know, um, I think that it's so important to operate in that mindset because the thing is, is that we, we don't understand, that, but our kids truly look at us like superheroes, you know? So whenever you are imposing your biased opinion about another adult that they love and see in a whole nother light than you, um, then what you're doing is you are just transferring your negative 
energy, your resentment and, and, and your pain onto them. You are literally stealing their innocence. Um, you know, I, I suppose this is so personal for me because I grew up in a home without my mother and my mother was n- not there, you know, maybe like a couple of times until I was an adult. And, um, my dad would say horrible things about her. And he, you know, he, and he said them out of pain, you know, because he, he had a, a painful experience with her and he felt, um, all of these types of ways that I could not identify with because I was not a part of that experience. But no matter what he said about her. I'm telling you, I knew my mama was the prettiest woman in the world and she would let me get my tongue pierced and she would, she would, you know, and so what happens is, you know, I began to build a fantasy reality of what my mom could be like, um, because it was so much better than, you know, the the picture that my dad was trying to paint for me. And, and not just that, but, you know, um, when you obscure and, and distort in a viewpoint of a child, um, that's just so wrong. You know, it, it's not okay. It's so selfish because, you know, there is never a circumstance where you are, you are, you are doing that and twisting a child's perception of someone that they love and value in their life that, that is for a healthy reason. It's always coming from a selfish place. Um, and, and it's important to allow children to be able to establish relationships with these people and, and maintain it, even if you're not involved, you know, um, even if, you know, you're not there, you know, and to facilitate what's best for the child only, you know, um, if they want to be a part of their father's life, knowing that it's so important for that child to have that experience. And, and it may be painful for you, or, or you may, you know, be angry and want to hurt them. But, but, you know, hurting them, you know, um, through your children is, is a way to create casualties and, and trauma responses that can be avoided otherwise, you know, and, and it really is the road to healing, you know, um, it's just, it's so, it's just of the utmost importance to be able to maintain the ability to preserve your child's innocence and, and, and to allow them to grow into their own individuality and, 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 you know, take on their own ideas, their own conceptions and their, their own personal relationships. You do not have to be involved in it, you know, and, um, and, and allowing yourself to be free of that is so free, you know, um, my, my kids have fathers that aren't even in their life and have never met them. Um, and, you know, I've never spoken ill word about them, you know, and, and when my kids ask, my response is always, you know, um, a kid friendly, but very true response. No, honey, they did not leave you. Um, they left because that was just the situation at the time. And it doesn't mean that they don't love you, but I'll tell you a secret. Your real dad, he lost something a long time ago. He lost love for himself. And if, baby, he had love for himself, he would absolutely love you, honey, because you are absolutely amazing. But if he don't sweet have it, sweetheart, he can't give it to you. You know, so it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. 
you know, and allowing yourself to place the ownership of, of, of the issues, allowing yourself to possess the ability to be clear about what the reality is while also defining it in a way for them that allows them to see things with love and compassion understanding is so important you know because this is these are the cycles that we're perpetuating and so anyways and, and that's why i think it's so important you know for for you to also realize you you know, to, to really dive in and get some good introspection work done and, and look at yourself and allow yourself to reassess and, and see if there's areas that you could stand improvement in or, or, or if there's, um, areas that you are hiding from, you know, because the, the reality is, is that inside of each and every one of us, we are still a little child in there too. You know, one that's trapped um, because it it got frozen um, being afraid of this or, or or stuck in time, penetrated by the, ter- you know, the terrifying of event of that, or, you know, or, um, you know, stuck in the paradigm of a belief that is not serving you. And, and so, you know, just as much as we deserve to give our children this type of a relationship, it's also important for us to to begin to work on the things that we need to work on to be able to do that for them. You know, and you're so worth it. You are so worth it. I just wish that you could see you through my eyes, you know, and it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter who you've hurt. It does not matter what you believe in. And it has no relevance to who you think you are, but just seeing yourself through someone else's eyes, you know? Um, and, and if you could see yourself through, you know, the, the unconditional love that is the source's eyes, I mean, I could not even imagine. I mean, that makes my head explode to think about it, but you are truly, you know, um, a powerful, beautiful, amazing, you know, addition to this world. And, and if you realize that, then you get to transfer it. So the most powerful thing that any parent can do is find their own way. Love themselves. Be compassionate with themselves. Be honest. Be accountable. Be all of the things that we want our kids to be. Um, because that's, that's exactly how we break these cycles, you know, because what is our fight is their freedom. And, and the things that, that we stand, um, we stand up for and, and allow ourselves to, to represent and, and embody are going to be, you know, um, the complete exemplification of what it is they are seeking to become for themselves. And, and not only are they worth it, but so are you. And not only are you, but so are they. Isn't that amazing? How it's just this beautiful, beautiful sphere of just equality and and complete balance. So um, do yourself a favor. You know, um, take some time to evaluate the relationships that you have with your children. Um, and, and allow yourself to enjoy the relationship you have with your child. 
Because if you could see you through their eyes, oh my gosh, I can only imagine. It'd be so much fun. Um, it's amazing, you know? And uh, I really hope that you guys enjoyed these tips. And if you would like to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook um, under Ashley Bernard, The Kaleidoscope. I have a group and a page. Also, um, you can catch me on Instagram or TikTok or email me at ourhometeam143 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Good, bad, indifferent, good criticism, bad criticism. I don't care. Just judge me because I really need that. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say because your thoughts, your opinions, they're all valid to me. And and I really get to use them as an opportunity for, for growth myself, you know? Um, and and I, I, um, I just wanted to just real quick let you know that I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm so grateful that you can come and join me. And if no one's noticed today, listen, you are doing amazing. I'm so proud of you. You got this. Keep going. Check me out next time for some more perspective for your life. Thanks so much, you guys. Have a great day.